Welcome to the Battlefield Baptist Church Podcast. We are so glad you joined us and pray that this message is a blessing to you today. This week, we join Pastor Greg in Joshua 24:15 with his sermon, You Decide. Each of us have a decision today that we'll make, and so let's look and see what the, the Word of God has to say this morning from Joshua chapter 24. Beginning in verse number 1, the Bible says, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor. And they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward, I brought you out. And brought your fathers out of Egypt and came unto the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt. And ye dwelt in the wilderness a long season. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan, And they fought with you. And I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land. And I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And when you went over Jordan and came unto Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I delivered them unto your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, and even two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword nor with thy bow. And I have even given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them, and have vineyards and olive yards which ye planted not. Do you eat? Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Today, the title of my message, as you can see, is simply You Decide. I think about this passage that I read from Joshua chapter 24. These were exciting times. These were exciting times for the children of Israel. Listen, they had defeated their enemies They had claimed the promised land. In fact, each tribe had received uh, their inheritance. And they were actually, they're ready to enjoy life. They're ready to take their ease, if you please. 
It was a time of hope. It was a time of prosperity. It was a time of God's blessings for sure. But in this same passage of Joshua chapter 24, not only was it an exciting time, but it was a dangerous time as well. You see, there was a danger that they would forget where they had come from. There was a danger that they would forget how they had gotten where they are. There was not only a danger that they would forget those things, that they would also forget what the Lord had done for them before now. There was also a danger for these children to adopt the practices of those idolatrous behaviors that were taking place all around them. There was that danger that was real. There was a danger that they would become complacent you remember a few weeks ago I spoke on let us, uh, asking you not to rest on our laurels, on the accomplishments uh, of, of our missions uh, conference, our missions revival, but that we ought to keep going forward. There was a danger with the children of Israel of complacence, that they would let down their guard spiritually, so to speak. And so, yes, these were exciting times for the children of Israel, but they were also dangerous times as well. And here in our text, we read how Joshua gathers all the tribes of Israel together for one last message. Now, what you, what you may or may not know, if you know this passage, this is Joshua's farewell speech. And just like his predecessor, Moses, he's giving the people uh, what many have termed famous last words. Last words are important. And Joshua says, hey, let's gather all the tribes together. Let's get everybody together because God has a message. And, and so he gathers them together. Listen, today... I believe that we live in exciting times. I really do. Does anybody else believe that? I believe it's exciting. It's an exciting opportunity for us every day we get up. But it also is a crazy time that we live in. In fact, some may say that we could go to the uh, book, uh, the Bible back here in uh, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and understand that it's not only crazy times, it's a perilous time as well. But I think it's exciting times, and so I get excited about each new day. But I would say we're living in dangerous times. And so I just simply thought, and I've had this this message idea on my heart for six months. I received a card in the mail, and it had this this pin on it. And I I actually got this graphic from a church out in Santa Clara, California. Uh, The location where which I got that card, it was about a youth uh, camp that was coming up over the summertime in June, and, and this, was the, uh, this was the theme of it, You Decide. And uh, I thought, man, what a great theme. And I put that aside, and I started meditating on that, thinking this would be a great message for November the 6th, all those many, many months ago. And here we are today, November the 6th. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 3, because I think the time in which we live today is not unlike the time that I see with that church of Laodicea. In Revelation chapter 3, what we find is that the church, it had everything it needed. I mean, this church had everything they needed except the presence and the power and the glory of the living God. Notice what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 and following. The Bible says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou work that there were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. 
Because thou sayest, I am rich, increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see... As many as I love, the Bible says, I rebuke and chasten. It says, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. I want you to notice back in verse 17. Look at verse 17, the very beginning of verse 17. It says, because thou sayest. Didn't Jesus say to the scribes and the Pharisees, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh? You see, the church of Laodicea, they said, hey, we're rich. We have, we have all kind of goods. We have everything we need. We don't need anything except for they lack the presence, the power, and the glory of God in their lives. Does that sound familiar? I mean, we're living in the richest nation in the world. We have everything. We have an abundance of things. Listen, you say, well, China is past us. You need to go visit China. You need to go visit Japan. You need to go visit uh, these other countries, uh, Russia and on and on. I've been there, seen it. And I can guarantee you, we are still the most blessed nation in the world. And yet I read this passage and I'm like, huh? Because it reminds me that we are the same. We say we have everything. We say we have this. We, we, we say we have no need. And the Bible says, you're in trouble. You're blind. You're naked. You don't understand how wretched you are. You think you don't have any need, but you do. And so it's, it, it's, it's important for us, just as Joshua issues this call to the children of Israel, I believe God is still issuing that call to his church today. Today's message, folks, is not about contemplating who you will vote for. Don't let the graphic fool you. It's not about who you will vote for because, like I said earlier, come Tuesday night, come Wednesday morning, Jesus will still be king. He will still be high and lifted up on his throne. Because of him, I'm forgiven. Because of him, one day, I will walk on those streets of gold. Woo! There'll, there'll be no potholes in heaven. There'll be no bridges to fix. There'll be no walls to build. There'll be no uh, emails to check. Listen, we'll be seeing Jesus and him alone and we won't care about all the stuff of this world. Listen, this morning we must ask. But see, there's a thing. When you ask a question spiritually, I have a responsibility to answer that question for me, myself, and I. And all of us have the same responsibility. So today we must ask and answer the question of who we will worship and who we will serve. And only you can decide for yourself the answer to that question. From verses 1 through 13... The Lord's message is spoken through Joshua. He reminds all the tribes, all the elders, all the various heads and judges and officers, just exactly. He says, guys, this is where we came from, and this is where we are, and so we would do well to consider where we've been. And you know, the Bible through the prophet Isaiah tells you and I the same thing in Isaiah 51.1. Notice what the Bible says. It says these words, it says, hearken to me, Parentheses, I always put parentheses around things in my, in my Bible. Parentheses, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. 
He says, you that are following after righteousness, you that are seeking the Lord, he says, hearken unto me, pay attention, is what he's saying. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn into the hole of the pit which ye are digged. Listen, a proper reflection should result in our gratitude each and every day. Oh, we would, be, we would all do well to loosen the spiritual halo a little bit and to look back to the rock from which we were hewn and to the hole of the pit from which we were digged and give thanks to God for what he has done in our lives. Listen, in this passage, the Lord reminds the children of Israel about his power. Remember, he reminds them about how he chose them and called them and redeemed them and how he delivered them from Egypt. He reminds them about all the victories that they won. He reminds them about all the blessings they had received. And I wonder, I just wonder in my own life, do we remember his power? Do I remember his power on a daily basis in my life? Or am I guilty? Am I guilty of sometimes forgetting? Do I remember where I was when Christ found me? And he established my going, set my feet on the solid rock and established my going. Do I rejoice in what he has done for me? Do I recognize how he has met my needs and the needs of my family over and over and over again? Oh, we we would do well to reflect and to remember his power in our lives. But what about God's presence? Take a journey with me. Look at verse 3. And I'm going to go rapid fire. And if if you don't have a copy of God's word, they'll show you these verses. But I'm just going to go lickety split here. Look at verse 3. The Lord reminds them not only of his power, but of his presence. Because everywhere, in fact, in my Bible, I I haven't stopped to count it. But if you can see from there, I have little yellow highlight dots all through the scripture. And do you know where I have them? On the letter I. All throughout scripture. Notice in verse 3. This is what the Lord's reminding them of. In verse 3, and I took your father Abraham and led him and gave him Isaac. I, verse 4, gave unto Isaac and gave unto Esau. I, verse 5, sent Moses and also Aaron. I, Uh, plagued Egypt according to that which I did. And afterward, I brought you out. Verse 6, I brought your fathers out of Egypt. Verse 8, and I brought you unto the land of the Amorites. I gave them into your hand, and I destroyed them. That was a busy verse, verse 8. Verse number 10, I delivered you. Verse number 11, he's referencing all the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, Jebusites, and the the, uh, Haymarketites and the Gainesvilleites, and the Warrentonites. He's referencing everybody. And notice what he says in verse 11. He says, and I delivered them into your hand. Verse 12, and I have sent the hornet before you, which drave them out before you. He says, I took care of business before you ever went in. And that's what he's saying. He says, I'm in control, and I did all these things. Verse 13, I love this. Verse 13, and I have given you a land for which you did not labor. You did nothing to get it. I gave it to you. And cities which you built not, I established them. I gave them to you. And then he says, and I also gave you vineyards and olive yards which you didn't plant. You see, what the Lord is saying is loud and clear to me, and hopefully it's resonating with you this morning. Listen, he's saying, I've been with you every step of the way. Every, every phase that's going on in your life, I have been there, and I have done this, and I have done that for you. And I... Think back to how the Lord has been with me. Just a dirty, filthy, rotten sinner saved by grace. I stand before you no better than anyone else. I stand before you as a sinner who as a 13-year-old boy came forward and said, God, I'm in trouble. 
I'm in trouble because I hear what that pastor, I hear what that evangelist is saying, and I don't know you, I don't know how to know you, and I know that without you I'm headed to, a, to what he called a devil's hell, and I don't want to go there. No different for me than anybody else. You see, the Bible says without repentance there can be no remission of sin. And so I came forward. See, see the world wants to sell you on this feel-good salvation They want to sell you on, just trust the Lord. No, there has to be repentance. Just trust the goodness of God. He loves you. Yes, he does. That's why he sent his son for you. But we must decide to repent when we trust Christ. We must decide to say, God, please forgive me of my sin. God, I'm a wreck. God, I'm a miserable wretch. I need you, and I need you right now. And when we come forward and we repent, then we say, God, After you have forgiven me, God, I want to trust you as the Lord of my life. You know, when you make somebody the Lord of your life, you're saying something. I don't know. I've worked for some bosses before who have tried to lord over me. Maybe you've worked for them. Listen, I don't know. Maybe you're the boss. Maybe you're the one who lords over your employees. I would encourage you. Remember who is the Lord. We all answer to somebody. And his name is Jesus. And so I see this passage and what the Lord was saying and how the Lord's power and presence is evidenced by his provision for the children of Israel. They had enjoyed the blessings that they didn't deserve, but they received them anyway. Isn't that like us? We enjoy blessings that we don't even deserve. It's amazing. And so we come to Joshua's command and we'll be very, very simple Uh, There's not a lot of great thoughts here, but I think it's biblical. Notice what his command is in verse 14. Here's what Joshua says. He says, now, therefore. Remember, I always say, wherever you see the word therefore in Scripture, you must ask why it is therefore. Why is he saying now, therefore? He's saying, based on what I just told you, based on what the Lord had to say to us in verses 1 through 13, now therefore he says, notice what he says, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods, little g, which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Number one, for note takers, here's what I want you to notice. Joshua says, number one, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. He says, since he's God, since he's the creator of the universe, since he has done so many great and mighty things in our life, and since he is worthy, you need to fear him. And that word fear is not run like this. (laughs) That's not what he's saying. He's saying, you need to stand in awe. You need to have a holy reverential fear for the God who spoke the world into existence. For the God who, who created the dust, by the way, and then took that dust and formed man, and breathed into his nostrils. He became a living being. The same God who opened up the flesh of man and created woman and brought him unto man because he knew man was helpless on his own. Usually the ladies like that more than that. (laughs) Usually the ladies really like that part. Listen, he says, fear the Lord. In Psalm 33, 8, the Bible says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. We have to decide today. 
We have to decide, Battlefield. If you're visiting with us, thank you for visiting. I don't want to scare you. I want to encourage you and challenge you. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, I came in. I didn't know what to expect. I'm in love with the Lord. And I love teaching and preaching his word. And I hope that you catch some of my excitement today if you're visiting with us today. Joshua says, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Psalm 34 verse 9 says, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. That's you and me who are trusting Christ. For there is no want to them that fear him. You see, when we have a correct fear or reverence of God, he will be elevated back into that position of priority that he rightly deserves. In other words, he will become the sole object of our worship and our service. I dare say, I used to come to church and I used to sit right down here. By the way, I want to show you all something. You guys, uh uh-oh, he left the pulpit. You know, there's nothing wrong with this pew. In fact, hold on a second. Yep, no, it still holds. I used to sit right here, didn't I? Man, I used to sit here and I used to take so many notes of messages preached in years past that God said, you're a crazy man, I'm going to make you a preacher. We have to decide right where you're sitting. You have to decide what you're going to do with the Lord today. You decide. Are you going to fear him? Joshua says, fear him. He says, that's right when we fear him. And he also says, when you fear him, verse 30, uh, the psalmist says that there is no want to them that fear him. God will supply all your needs. I love the Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul knew this as well. Philippians 1, you think about what he told that church at Philippi. In Philippians 1, in verse 20 and following, notice what it says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. And he goes on and he says these words. He says, for me to live is what? Christ. And to die is gain. Listen, he says, fear the Lord. Number two, Joshua says in verse 14, he says, and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Now that word serve comes from a primitive root word meaning this. I know you're not going to like this because I didn't like it when I studied it. It comes from a primitive root word and it means to work. You're like, great. Thank you. I appreciate the encouraging word. Joshua said, fear the Lord, and then he says, work. Great. Appreciate it. Uh, It goes on. To work, and it means in any sense, and by implication it means this. To serve or to till, as if you're tilling a field. You ready for this? And be enslaved to. Joshua says, you need to fear the Lord. You need to understand that not only are we as servants, we, ought to, we are enslaved to him because of what he has done for us. That is our position. We are to serve him. Joshua goes on to say that this service should be done in sincerity and in truth. He's saying, what's he saying? When we think about the word sincerity, it means wholeheartedly, completely, with integrity and without blemish. In fact, the English word sincere is said to have come from two sources. There's a lot of debate on the word sincere. It's said to come from two sources. Number one, the middle French word of the same, sincere. And then also two Latin words, two root Latin words that come together and they make the word sincerus, 
which means whole, clean, and pure. Figuratively, it is referring to something that is genuine, something that is without pretense, something that is without falsehood. You say, what's the point? The point is, Joshua is saying, and God is saying to the church of the living God today, by implication, saying the same thing. He's saying that we ought to fear him, but we ought to serve him in sincerity and truth. What he's saying is, don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be fake. Don't walk into God's house one way and then walk out another way and go back to living for the world, the flesh, and the devil. He's saying, be sincere. Be sincere in your service for the Lord. God desires people to serve him without hypocrisy, without deceit, without a mixture of superstition, and without the devices of man. He wants us to serve us according to his word. That's why it says, in sincerity and in truth. How are we sanctified? How are we set apart? Jesus said, Father, sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. We're to be sanctified, set apart, and meet for the master's use by his word. Jesus said in John chapter 4, speaking to the, the Samaritan woman, he says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Joshua says, fear the Lord. He says, serve him. Number three, Joshua said, put away the gods. Little G-O-D-S. He says, put away the gods there, which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. And just like Joshua was telling the children of Israel, you and I, we need to make a concerted effort to get rid of those things and all those little idols that are in our life. You say, do we have little idols in our life? Do we? Uh, Let me ask, do we? Now, I'm not asked for us to go around the room and say, what are some of those idols? I think we can all figure them out. You know, I counsel husbands and wives many times. One of the things that I always remind is husbands and wives is to be careful, to be faithful in marriage. And I'm not talking about a man with another woman or a woman with another man. I'm talking about uh, there's other ways that we can be unfaithful. You know, men, we have a real propensity to be unfaithful in our marriage with our job. We get so busy with work, 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 that pretty soon our kids are grown. And we wonder what happened. Ladies, we get so busy with our kids, our kids, our kids, and our hobbies and our hobbies and our hobbies that when daddy comes home, we don't have time for him. This is not a message on marriage. But faithfulness is important all the way around. And in this, in this passage, listen, Joshua says, put away the gods, and so it doesn't matter whether it's the God of work, it doesn't matter whether it's the God of materialism, it doesn't matter whether you have lifted something else in your life as a God that has taken superiority and has become more supreme in your life than uh, Jesus Christ. He's saying you got to put them away. And it's astonishing to me that after all that God has done, all the miracles he had shown, Joshua gives them this thing, and all that they had witnessed, that Joshua would still actually have to say, put away your gods. And yet I understand, because I live in a time where we are much the same. We get carried away with the little gods in our lives. It's not feasible to be uh, having one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and, and I'm kind of jumping the gun on that. And Jesus, he taught about our, our, our 
resources as one potential way that we kind of vault our materialism and our, our riches, so to speak, up. And he says this in Matthew chapter 6. If you remember, he says, uh, no man can serve two masters. And so I always ask the question when I see a colon in Scripture because I know I'm going to get the answer. So I say, well, no man can serve two masters. Why? Because he says this. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And it doesn't matter whether it's money or anything else. The same is true with anything that becomes more important to us in our life than God. In fact, someone has said this. A person committed to idol worship... Now listen, this is good. It kind of caught me off guard. Someone has said, a person committed to idol worship will never worship the true God. But a true Christian that is committed to Jesus Christ will never worship an idol. Oh my goodness. We have to be careful because Joshua says, fear the Lord, serve him and put away the gods. And number four, in the last part of verse 14, Joshua restates his call for you and I and for the children of Israel at that time. He simply says, serve ye the Lord. He's saying him only and only him should you serve. I think about this in reference to our service to God. I was looking at Biblical Illustrator the other day. And they said this, they said, to serve God, to obey Him, to love Him, to submit heart and life to His control is only an appropriate and adequate acknowledgement of the claims felt to be just. God's character, His mercy, His grace in the gospel, His promises of pardon, the gift of eternal life through His Son create an obligation which if it be disregarded makes our attitude towards God not only sinful, but, you ready for this? Unreasonable. Makes it not only sinful, but unreasonable. Listen, we need to serve the Lord. We need to, we need to worship Him in sincerity and truth. We need to put away these little petty things that are in our life. Today is a day for us to decide what we're going to do with Christ. And then I love it in verse 15, Joshua sums it all up. He says, here's my choice. Here's my decision. I've made my decision. He says, and if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, he says, I'm getting ready to pass on, but I want you guys to know something. As long as I have breath, as long as I'm still able, he says, as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. And then he says, not only me, but my house is going to serve the Lord. Dads, I love you because I am one. My responsibility, my responsibility to lead the home spiritually. I have to take that responsibility. It's not a pleasant one all the time, but I have to take that responsibility because you know what? I'll give an answer for it one day. And so we have to be careful. We must serve the Lord, but our houses, we have to make the decision for our homes to serve the Lord. I love that phrase that Joshua says, and if it seem evil unto you. What he was saying, he says, if this seems troublesome to you, if this is something that irks you, if this is something that seems like a burden or something that's weary to you, or if it seems like something that's not a pleasure or a delight to you, then you go ahead and make the choice. He said, but the reality is you've got to choose today. He says, you've got to choose. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve the little gods which your father served. Or you're going to serve the little gods in which the Amorites serve. You're going to serve all these other things. Listen, we can't have one foot in the church, as I said, and one foot in the world. It's the same disease that infected that church in Laodicea. 
And it's exactly what Elijah was telling the children of Israel in 1 Kings 18. Notice what it says there in that passage. In Elijah, he came unto all the people and said, How long halt you between two opinions? He says, If the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And notice, I love the end of the verse. Notice what it says. And the people answered him not a word. The people didn't answer They didn't answer Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 18. He's getting ready for that great fire show where he's going to call down fire from heaven. They didn't answer Joshua because they knew that they were guilty of making the wrong choice. They already knew that they had these little gods that had taken the supreme position in their lives. Listen, it's the same sickness that plagues many churches today. And so I simply say it's time to decide whether we're going to stand and worship and serve our Savior or whether we're going to serve the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's time to decide whether we're going to quit trying to live multiple lives or not. You know what I mean by living multiple lives? We live one way Monday through Saturday and we live a different way on Sunday or at least for a few hours on Sunday. We've got to make that decision. It's time for us to decide whether or not we're going to genuinely going to show love for someone else by calling sin what it is evil what it is. You know what? If I'm in the wrong, I want a brother to come to me and say, man, I don't know that that's right biblically. We have gotten to the point where we're so scared to tell one another how they're behaving is sinful. It's like, we don't want to, we don't want to offend anybody. Remember, it's like last week, we have been lulled to sleep. Hush, little baby, don't you cry. Listen, that's, that's what's happened in our society. Not just in the United States, it's worldwide. We don't want to run the risk of telling somebody, what you're doing is not right, according to God's word. I'm not the judge, I just read the book. I didn't write it, I just read it and study it. Listen, it's time for us to decide whether or not we're going to quit sitting on the fence in everything we do, or are we going to serve the Lord? When we really consider the decision that we must make, there truly can be no neutral ground. Have you ever heard that before? With Jesus Christ, there can be no neutral ground. He's either our Lord and Savior or he's not. We're either saved or we're not. And here's the thing, we can be in awe and reverence of God all we want without taking time to serve him. You know, I hear a lot of people talk some good things about the Lord. They say, man, he's great. Oh, praise the Lord. I see Facebook posts all the time. People posting this, posting that. Sometimes there's scripture with them. Sometimes it's just a thought. It's all great, trying to point people to Christ. You know, it's one thing to do that. It's another thing to read his word. It's another thing to pray. And then it's another thing to actually live it. You see, the Pharisees, they knew. They knew the the Old Testament scriptures. They knew it but they were guilty of perverting it. We must be very careful to not pervert what God has said in his word. In the last part of verse number 15, Joshua, he lays out his decision. Someone has said this, that God is either going to be first place in our life or we have a different God. He's either going to be first place or we have a different God. At the end of verse 15, Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What he's saying is no matter what your decision is, no matter what you think, he says, I'm going to serve the Lord. He says, I'm going to work for him and I'm going to worship him. My whole house is going to do the same. I uh, think it's a time that we need men and women who will stand up and commit. 
I want to encourage you, by the way, to read the rest of this passage. We don't have time. We don't have time. But in verses 16 and following, the children, the children of Israel answer him. They say, oh, of course. God forbid that we should not serve him. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. And Joshua talks to him. He says, you can't do that. Because, see, our God, he, he runs things a little bit differently. You've got to get rid of your, your little petty gods. He will come back on you if you don't do it right. And then he actually says, the rocks are witnesses to what you're saying. They say, oh, we're going to serve the Lord. He says, well, good, because the rocks hear you. And he says, I'm going to set this rock over here under the oak. And the rock is going to be a witness of what you have decided to do today. So you better keep your, your, your commitment. I'd encourage you to read the rest of the story. Oh, how we need men and women who will commit and settle it in their hearts that Jesus Christ his word and his will are going to be the priority in their life from now on. How we need some Joshua's. How we need some Elijah's, I thought. How we need some Daniel's and some Shadrach's, Meshach's and Abednego's. How we need some Ruth's. How we need some Christ followers who, like the disciples, would uh, obey God rather than men. You can read that in Acts chapter 5, verse 32. How we need some women. I think of women, women say, yeah, do we need some women? Yeah, we need some women. Like Timothy's grandmother and his mother, Lois and Eunice who will stand up and serve the Lord. We need women. Yes, we need people who will stand up and say, you know what, as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord today. I'm going to do it today, and not only am I just going to say it today because I'm in church, but I'll actually do it tomorrow. And then we need some people to say, not only for me, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Do you know what? I'm just kind of crazy enough to believe that if we did that, we probably wouldn't be in the fix that we're in right now. I'd imagine that if we had done that a long time ago, things might look a little different in the good old U.S. of A. Folks, I know a lot of, you listen. The U.S.A. isn't in the Bible. No, but Christians are, believers are, saints are. Listen, this word was written for us, and we need to apply it to our lives. I get tired of people saying that it's not, it's, none of this is related to us. Everything in here is related to us. Every word from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22 is written for my edification. It is to be my rule of faith and practice. I am to put every part of it to use in my life. Even the parts, even the parts that make me want to take off my shoes because it steps on my toes. In fact, probably those parts are probably more important than the parts that I like, the parts that correct. Someone said this, a Christian that refuses to live for, worship, and serve the Lord is a poor advertisement for Jesus and his church. They went on to say this, but a Christian who lives in the light of the Savior's love, mercy, and power is a significant billboard indeed. And so the only question is, which one are you? Which one are you? Which one am I? We all must ask and answer the same question. By the way, I, I love this because I say this all the time. If you decide, as the title says, if you decide today not to make a decision, you actually made a decision. Say, so, well, I'm going to let that message sit a little while. I'm going to let that kind of lay out there and I'm going to meditate on that puppy a little while. You made a decision. Similarly, if you're here this morning, and you've never trusted Christ, and you hear how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you hear the scriptures over and over, 
how that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you hear over and over, but God commendeth his love towards us in that yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. If you hear over and over all these things and you never ask the Lord to forgive you, you say, I'm going to think about that. When I get done living for myself, I'm going to trust Christ. I got some bad news for you. The Spirit of God will not always strive with man. And I got some even more somber news. The Bible says that we're not to boast ourselves for tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Do you know I heard on the radio just the other day, and John, we were talking about it before I came in here. They're reporting on the radio possible terrorist strike. You know where? Texas, New York. And Virginia. The Bible says that my life is like a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then it vanishes away. How sad of a situation it would be to miss eternity because we decide to do nothing. And so I want to encourage you this morning. If you've never trusted Christ, I would be more than honored. I'll never embarrass you. I would be more than honored. I'll turn my mic off, I'll come down, I'll pray with you. If you're here and you say, you know what, it's about time that I start serving the Lord. It's about time I put away the little gods in my life. It's about time that I start putting Him back on the pedestal of my life. I encourage you to come and pray as well. But I want to encourage you, no matter what your station in life is right now, every one of us, you and me included, we have a decision to make and only you can decide thank you so much for listening for more information about our ministry please go to battlefieldbaptist.org or follow us on Facebook or Twitter see you next time